This is Lance Turner, pastor at Grow Church. We'd like to thank you for joining our podcast. We pray the message today stirs your faith and it causes you to grow. Enjoy the message. Looking into what God has to say about wisdom, first week we talked about the idea that wisdom is basically knowing how to behave, that we behave wisely. We take what we know, the knowledge that we have, and we apply it to our lives. We behave wisely. We also answered the question, why is wisdom so important? And we discovered that if we want to live a successful life, a life that has meaning and purpose, then we're going to walk in wisdom. We also said that God is, God is the source, that Jesus Christ is the source of all wisdom. And then we, the last question we ask ourselves is, how? And we talked about surrounding ourselves with the right people, asking just asking for wisdom like Solomon did. We ask God for wisdom, and the Bible says he's good, and so what does he do? He grants it. Simply just ask. And we talked about that, that the, I guess the, the five people that you hang out with, you become a, basically the sum of those people. You're, that's how you're going to turn out. We can, we can determine how you're going to turn out by the people that you surround yourself with, right? Last week, we talked about the importance of walking in the fear of the Lord, and we discovered that the fear of the Lord is not a dread or a worry or, or anxiety. No, it's actually a respect and awe and wonder because God is a, the ideal father. And we discovered that he's our provider, he's our deliverer, he's, our, he's our, the one who disciplines us, and he's the one who protects us. And we also discovered that he's holy and he's awesome. How many of you know God's awesome this morning? The rest of you don't believe that? God is awesome. I don't know about you, I have a testimony of, of an awesome God, what he's done in my life. I stand in awe every single day. The fact, just simply the fact that he, he clothed himself in flesh and he went to the cross for me, that's enough, amen? But that's not all he does. And so our God's awesome and we learn how to, to undo and un, unlearn some things about God that we don't fear him, we're not worried about him. He's our father, we can run to him and, and he'll take care of us, Amen. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about generosity. Well, Pastor, what does that have to do with wisdom? Everything. And you're going to see it in the book of Proverbs. It's chopped full of ideas and, and the relevance about the, the word generosity. So we're going to talk about that today. And I hope you're going to lean in today and let's learn some things together. Because just like last week, some of you had to unlearn the fear of the Lord and learn that he's a good God. Today, some of you are going to have to unlearn some ideas about the generosity idea that, that God is not, does not want you barefoot and poor. Amen. Now I'm not a prosperity preacher. I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't claim to be a name it and claim it preacher, but I do know that God loves you. He's a good father and he wants to bless you. Anybody agree with that this morning? And I can back it up with scripture, but I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants you to be generous. And we'll explain why in just a few minutes. So I want to start out with a verse of Scripture, Proverbs chapter 4. And this is kind of a, this will be the overarching idea for the rest of our time with when we're talking about being wise. And here, let's read it together. It says, wisdom is the what? The principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all you're getting, get understanding. So if, if wisdom is on the top of the list for God, guess what? It should be on the top of the list for us, Amen. And so one translation actually says wisdom is supreme. And so when we think about wisdom being at the top of the list, it behooves us to find out what it is, which we've already discovered that, and then let's walk in it. How many of you as a church want to walk in wisdom in your lives? I do. 
Why? Because when I do, things turn out way better. I want to also think, like to think about this idea of walking in wisdom as really being tied to investing. Anybody ever doing an investing in here at all? Maybe you're in real estate. Maybe you're in the stock market. Maybe you're a combination of a bunch of things. And so you understand this idea of investing. And when we invest in our relationship with God, what's the outcome? We grow in our relationship. We grow in wisdom. When we invest in ourselves, what happens? We grow. Wisdom is, becomes something we can, can grasp. And when we, when we walk in wisdom, we can invest in others. So you see how every time you invest, what do you get? What do you get when you invest? A return. And so I invest in my relationship with God, I get a return. I, I grow closer to Him, I grow in wisdom. I invest in myself, I read, I study, I pray. What happens? There's, an, there's a return. I'm, I grow in wisdom, and I'm able to help other people. The other thing is I invest in, each, in someone else. One of our core values around here is we value people. So if I value somebody, I'm going to invest in them. And that's really what discipleship is. When Christ said, go into all the world and make disciples, what did he have in mind? He had investing in mind. He knew that the best way for you to get a return, for him to grow his kingdom, was us to value people and invest in them. And he did it. Think about what he did. For three and a half years, he, he brought 12 guys around him. And what did he do? He spent time with them. He invested them. He taught them. He corrected them. And what happened as a result, that 12 turned into 72, and 72 into 120, and 120 into, into what we see today, amen? Those 12 guys turned the world upside down. Anybody want to be a world changer in here? I don't know about you. I want to be a world changer. And God has given us this opportunity, this privilege to be a world changer and to make a difference in our culture. Wisdom is tied to that. Generosity is tied to that, that influence. And so when we invest, we expect a return. Here's how Jesus put it, because I want to just make this statement, and I'm going to show you this. We invest in what we value. Can I say that one more time? We invest in what we value. Let me see your, let me see your checkbook. Let me see your calendar, and I'll be able to know what you value. Because you invest in what you value. Here's how Jesus put it, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He says, wherever your treasure is, what? There is the desires of your heart also. That's pretty huge, isn't it? Think about that for a second. Something that you treasure, is you can just put the word value right in there. Whatever, whatever you value, there is your heart, right? And so Jesus made it very clear. You invest in what you value. So we got to say to ourselves as a body, we invest, we, we value wisdom. We value generosity. We, we value giving. And so we're going to talk about that today. Remember that Jesus said, well, actually Paul said, he said, in Christ are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so let me propose to you today that if you will invest in your relationship with Christ, you will have the mind of Christ, and you will obtain wisdom and knowledge as a return on that investment. Can I say that one more time? If you're taking notes, if you 
Invest in your relationship with Christ. You will have the mind of Christ, and you'll obtain wisdom and knowledge as a return on that investment. How many of you value relationship with Christ? You understand this is all about outcomes. If I'll just invest in my relationship with Christ, there's going to be an outcome. It's natural. It's just like the fruit of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's working in my life, guess what? The natural outcome is love and joy and peace. So you see how the allowing Christ to transform my heart, making the investment in my relationship with Him, brings an outcome where wisdom and knowledge are that. That's, that's the return on the investment. I like to think of it this way. If you, ever, if you were to, to discover a, tr- uh, a hidden treasure somewhere, and somebody gave you a map. Anybody ever watch a pirate movie where you see they've got a map and there's that X marks the spot? And their idea is their whole life they're searching for that treasure. And what if they went to that spot and they said, okay, X marks the spot, but I don't see the treasure anywhere. What are they going to do? They're going to dig. When you open up your Bible and you dig into God's Word, what are you doing? You're looking for a treasure. And the treasure isn't, listen, you got to get this. The treasure isn't the wisdom. The treasure is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Help me out this morning. He's the Word made flesh. And so when you dig into Christ, all the other things are an outcome. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, you if you, all you got was Christ, you got enough. So wisdom is the outcome of the return on the investment of a pursuit and a digging of the treasures of Christ himself. That's good preaching, Pastor. So let's talk about generosity for a second. Generosity is really an investment, right? I love the way the the dictionary defines this. It's giving good things to others freely and abundantly. In other words, when I've got something that God says I, want, I need to give away, I'm not holding it with a closed fist. What am I doing? No, I'm opening up and saying, whatever I have, God's given me to give away. So I love that, that definition of generosity. And so here's some characteristics of those who are generous. Number one, if you're taking notes, the generous are happy. Anybody want to be happy? You hear people say that. Well, I want to be happy. Well, I got a, I got a remedy for it right here. Be generous. Studies have, have shown. These aren't Christian studies. These are just biological studies that have been, have been given that people that are generous are happier. We are wired for generosity. Now, some of you say, well, Oh, I don't know about that. We do have a tendency to be selfish, but I'm here to tell you that there's this, there's something inside of you. When you give, man, it brings you joy, doesn't it? I remember a few years ago, I was sitting in, I was studying in Chick-fil-A, and the Lord prompted me to just to do something. This wasn't very, wasn't a big deal. He said, just go buy a $10 gift card. And the next person that comes up, just make sure that the, the cashier gives them that $10 gift card. You're going to buy them a meal or maybe two, depending on what they, what they order, right? And so I didn't want them to know who I was, so I, had my, I positioned myself strategically so I could watch what happened. And so the, the, uh, the cashier gave the lady the, the thing, and I, I, I saw her whole countenance light up. She couldn't believe that somebody would be that generous. Now, that, you know what it did for me? 
Boy, I was smiling from ear to ear. Why? Because I'm wired for generosity. You believe that about yourself? Just watch your kid, just watch on, on Christmas morning when you're able to give to your kids. What does it do? Man, your face is lighting up, isn't it? We have these cards out front. They're actually out on the guest services desk and in, in our reception area. This little card says something extra to show you God loves you. And then on the other side is our service times and our logo. I want to challenge you. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't something you have to just. It's, a, it's easy stuff that you can do. When you're going through the line at the drive-thru, have one of these cards in hand and say, you know what, I'm going to pay for the person behind me their meal. And then hand them this card. Watch what it does to people. I'm telling you, sometimes they'll even try to chase you down. And thank you for, for that. This is simple, folks. Generosity is not hard. It's simple. Amen? And so this is something. You don't have to have a lot of money to be able to do that either. Right? So the generous are happy because we're wired for generosity. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. The generous will what? Say it loud. Prosper those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me, don't it? You? What's the key? The key is understanding there's an investment. It's a win win situation. When I give to somebody, they're blessed and I get blessed in return. So it's a win win. You can't go wrong being generous. Here's another one Proverbs 21, verse 26. Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly, the godly what? The, the godly begrudgingly give? The godly go, uh, do I have to? No, the godly love to give. In other words, you ain't got to twist their arm any little bit, right? And so this is, this is the reality. And it's no wonder. Look, remember we said that we're wired for generosity? You know why? Because we're created in the image of God. And there's no one more generous than our God. Amen? As a matter of fact, John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he, he gave his only son. A priceless gift. You can't put a price tag on your kids. And he was willing to give his priceless son for you and I. That's an act of generosity, folks. That's Christ leading the way in generosity. Can I get an amen this morning? Folks, so when you, when you do this, when you walk in generosity, not only are you happy, but you're looking more like Christ than ever because he gave. So the generous are happy. Here's another one. The generous are compassionate. The godly care about the rights of the poor. That's Proverbs chapter 29, 7. The godly care about the rights of the poor. The wicked don't care at all. Folks, when you have a generous eye and you're looking like Christ, you know what's happening? Everywhere you look, there's a need. Anybody know needs right now? Anybody, anybody know a need? What God's saying to us is if we'll walk in generosity, we'll never miss an opportunity, Right? We'll never miss an opportunity. When there's a cry for help for somebody that's in need, what do we do? We step up to the plate. We say, you know what? I'll meet that need. I'll be the one to step up when I see something happen, that when there's a disaster or, or there's something that needs to be done, I'll step up. Folks, we are, that's the kind of people we are. Why? 
Because once again, we're like Christ. So the question is, when we see the needs around us, how do we respond? Think about that for a second. When we see a need around us, how do we respond? Hopefully, Lord, you've been good to me. Hopefully, open hand. There are needs right here in in our community. Just this week, I got an email from with some uh, from one of the the directors in the at the board of education about the free lunch program here in Cherokee County. There are kids in our county that are struggling for something to eat, and the the board of education, our system, they're saying, "Look, guys, we're not going to let any kid go hungry, but because we're we're doing this, because there's so many of them, we have a shortfall in our budget." Folks, it's time for the church to step up and be generous. Amen? And here's an opportunity. We're going to get that opportunity in the next few months to partner with Cherokee County School System. Isn't that great? I guarantee you, Grow Church is going to be right smack dab in the middle of that. Why? Because we have a compassionate eye. Number three, the generous are blessed. We don't give to get. We give because we love God and we love people. How many of you believe the local church is the hope of the world? I believe that. And I also believe that God has given us an opportunity as individual members of the body of Christ to contribute. Because how many of you know we can get things done better together than we can separately? And that's the, that's the mind of God. That's the, it's the, the beauty of what God has established, the body of Christ. He, he placed us in the body as individuals. But what happens is when we, when we come together, like we talked about last month, and we have a common purpose and a common goal and a common uh, vision, what happens? God can use that to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. Amen. So for you and I, to understand that when we do that, He blesses us in return. But we're not motivated by the blessing. You follow me? We're not doing it to, to get the blessing, but the blessing comes anyway. Isn't that great? What does that do? What does that speak of? It speaks of the character of our great God. And I watch, I look around me. These, there are people that, that have made them... They've made it their life's goal to be generous. You've heard me mention Truett Cathy, and you've heard me mention David Green. But I want to mention another guy. I went to Lee University. Anybody familiar with Lee University? I'm a graduate of Lee University. Back then it was Lee College. That's how old I am. I'm actually celebrating in a couple of weeks 30 years from, out of high school. Now, for some of you, that didn't seem like a lot of time. To me, I feel really old. I was looking at some, my, my boys were in town this past weekend, and we were looking through my, Lori and I's wedding pictures, and there's a girl that was in my, our wedding at the time, she was probably five. She's married with kids now. I'm like, whoa, I'm feeling really old. And so you understand that, that we're, we're, we're all about this, the blessings of God and, and not, not so much that we're, that we're um. We're wanting them, but we know that God's good. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs 22, 9. He says, blessed are those who are 
generous because they feed the poor. Are you blessed this morning? I am. I get to give. I don't have to give. I get to. That one little word makes all the difference in the world, folks. I don't have to. You don't have to. But you get to. And when you do, the blessings come in return. And so my, my, the idea, I got to go to Lee University. I think I got sidetracked there for a second. But I got to go to Lee University and get a quality education. Well, there's a guy that uh, he's, he passed away, I think, last year, Rich Devos. He was the owner of the Orlando Magic. Anybody know who he is? He also was real big in Amway. Anybody familiar with Amway? This guy donated millions of dollars to Lee University. For what reason? He didn't have to. He saw it as an investment in the next generation. I'm a product of that generosity, folks. Anybody ever been a product of somebody else's generosity? Man, I'm so grateful for that. And so now... Lee University is able to impact the leaders of the next generation because of a guy said, you know what? And obviously he was a billionaire. He had a lot of money, but he didn't have to do that. He could have hoarded that up for himself. No, he believed in the next generation and he invested. What happened? God blessed him tremendously. Because here's the, here's the idea. If God can trust you with it, he'll give it to you. Can I say that one more time? If he can trust you with it, he'll give it to you. Why? Because he, wants you, he don't want you hoarding it up. He wants you to be a conduit of his blessings to other people. But the good thing about him is when, he, when you bless others, you're blessed. Hallelujah. Next point. The generous are rewarded. When we stand before God at the end of our days... I'm so glad that our, our salvation doesn't depend on what we do. Are you glad, anybody glad for that? If God depended on me for my salvation, I would be in a heap of trouble. <laughs> Am I the only one? Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the gift of the cross, the gift of him giving eternal life to us through the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for the empty tomb. Is anybody glad? Can we just give God praise for the cross and the empty tomb this morning? So thanks be to God, my salvation doesn't depend on what I do. I'm glad for that. But you know what? I will stand before God based on what I do. Does that make sense? It's not a salvation thing. It's a rewards. I'm going to be rewarded for the things that I do on this earth. How many knew that? And here's the statement that you and I want to hear. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. If we do what we do from the right heart, we'll hear that. One of the stories in the Bible that, that I'm reminded of that, that really speaks to this is if we're doing it from the right heart. Anybody remember the story of the, the woman that had the mite? The widow's mite? She goes into church, we'll just in plain terms. She goes into church and she gives a sum. It's not a huge sum. As a matter of fact, it's probably pennies. 
What was, what, what was it that separated her from the guy that came in and gave? And, and Jesus recognized it. He was, he was sitting there watching. And he, again, it's a teachable moment for his disciples. He said, look, you see that lady over there? She's going to be honored because she gave all. This guy over here, bless him. It's great. But you know why? He's not as blessed as her because he gave out of access. She gave everything. It cost her everything that morning. Amen. So when you do this from the right heart, God says, I will reward you. And it makes him smile to reward you. He's not grudgingly giving you the reward. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he's so excited about this reward. Here's what he says. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. He says, look, I'm coming soon. What does he have with him? Say it out loud. The reward. He's so excited about your reward that he's bringing it with him when he comes back for us. How many of you know he's coming back soon? I can't wait. Anybody want to be with him? I want to be with him. I want to see my mom and dad. I want to see the loved ones that have gone before me. I want to see them. But most of all, I want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Folks, I'm here to tell you this morning that when we, when we are generous, when we give from the right motive and the right heart, God doesn't mind rewarding us. Why? Because he's a good father. Why? Because he's the ideal father like we talked about last week. You don't mind being good to you. You and I, sometimes we, we get in a mindset where we think that, well, I'm here. I might as well just be, you know, downtrodden all the time. and I can't have anything. That's a mindset that I don't think is from God. God honors generosity. And you, I'm, I'm here to tell you, if you'll do things his way, you'll see, it. You'll, see the, you'll see the return. But you have to do them his way. Not your way, his way. And when you do, you'll notice there's that return. And it's not always monetary, folks. Right? Sometimes it comes in the form of, of relationships. Sometimes it comes in the form of, of your, your, the things that you have lasting longer than they really should have. That's the reward that God brings to you and I. It's really about legacy, isn't it? The things that I invest in, if I invest in eternal things... There's one thing that's for sure. The stock market, when it crashes, it don't impact that. When the real estate market goes under, it don't impact that. Anybody, did anybody ever, did you guys that were a part of that, oh, wait, all that happened, anybody impacted deeply by that? How painful was that? And I'm not telling you not to invest in those things because you need to be smart, making sure your kids and there's a legacy in this realm, taking care of your own self after you retire and your kids. But I'm here to tell you that the best investments to make are the ones that the stock market can't touch and the real estate market can't touch. They're eternal investments. 
And, the, and Jesus even said, he said, if you'll invest in eternal things, those are the things that raw, uh, rust and moss, they can't corrupt it. Why? Because they're internal investments. And when you do that, you leave a legacy. Here's what the book of uh, Psalms says, 112, verse 9. It says, they share freely. This is, this is the uh, characteristic of generosity. And give generously to those in need. Look at this. This is the part you need to catch. Their good deeds will be remembered how? How long? Say it out loud. Their deeds will be remembered forever. They will have what? Influence and honor. Do you want to be a world changer? Do you want people to, to, to respect you and, and give you honor on your jobs and in your life? I'm here to tell you, if you'll walk in generosity, you'll leave that kind of legacy. And you'll gain influence and honor. Anybody want that this morning? This is what Christ wants for you. This is really what re- being fully alive looks like. We talk about John 10, 10 a lot, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. You know what his mindset for you is? Oh, I, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to be stingy. Or if I give it away, then that's going to happen. I'm here to tell you what he's doing is he's lying to you. When Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have a full life. Generosity and fully alive are connected. Anybody want to live fully alive this morning? The key words, in, say it with me, in Christ. Say it one more time, in Christ. You can't be fully alive outside of Jesus, amen? And so this whole idea of generosity, when you are generous, what happens is it's passed down to your kids, my son, my oldest son, is one of the most generous people I know. Whenever he gets money, he's going to buy stuff for somebody else. He's not going to buy it for himself. He's going to buy it for somebody else. As a matter of fact, just recently, his roommate at, at Highlands was, has, his, has some struggles. He's, his mom's a single mom, and she's, she can't afford really for him to be there. Their church is actually helping him be at, at the university there at Highlands College. But his Garrett... Um, under, uh, saw that his glasses were messed up. And he's like, Mom and Dad, can we help him get a new pair of glasses? I'm like, absolutely. Yes, we'll do that. We'll buy them for him. Why? Because we're generous. Amen. And it's being passed down. When you're generous, you leave a legacy of generosity to your kids and your kids' kids. Amen. Here's what the Bible says. The same chapter... Psalm 112, it says, Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. How many of you know that? The overcomer's in your heart, right? The one who conquers. We said it. The earth will shake and tremble before him. He's the one who's on your side this morning. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. So your investments this morning aren't in the things of this world. Although God uses financial resources to get his work done on the, in the world, if that makes sense. But your investments are eternal, folks. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in what? In the gracious act of giving. You see the word grace there? Gracious. What's, what's the root word? The root word's grace. 
God has graced you or given you the gift of giving. Amen? And I'm here to tell you, yeah, you can be good at speaking. We, we want to help people grow in their giftings here. And so when we actually help people um, to grow in speaking or whatever it is, maybe you're working in kids or you're, you're working in nursery or out front or you're playing an instrument, whatever you're doing, you're using that gift. But God wants you to, not only to excel in that, but he wants you to excel in giving. Now, this message is, about, is not primarily about money, but it is about money too. Why? Because God uses financial resources to get his stuff done. And the local church is the hope of the world. Amen? And I know when we talk about money at church, some people get nervous. But I'm here to tell you, folks, we can't, we can't accomplish God's mission without money. I get it. There are people who've abused it and misused it. Maybe you've come in contact with who've done that. And that, I get it. You're apprehensive. But I'm here to tell you, God does, that doesn't stop God's work from going forward. Let him take care of those people that misuse and abuse it. He'll judge them one day. They'll have to give an account for that. Here's another scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. So that you can always, say always, always be generous. And when you take your gift to those who need them, they will thank God. In other words, when you go ahead and step out and you're generous, the other person, they don't look at you. What do they begin to do? Your generosity ends up pointing them to him. That's huge, folks. You're just the conduit. And so when, when you give, they say, thank God. Why? Because they understand. They know where the source is. The source isn't you. You're just the pass-through. Amen. And so they thank God. Why? Because he's the one doing the providing. Well, that should have got a better amen than that. So here's some, as we're closing this out, here's some very practical ways to be generous. Number one, be generous with your time. As I said earlier, I can look at your, your calendar and I can see what you value. I can see what you are currently. You can tell me all day long, Pastor, I value this. But I can look at your calendar and I can say, no, 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 no. You say that, but you don't really value it because you're not investing in that. So the question is, what things do you value in your time? Obviously, there's, there, there's some, you only have so many seconds in a day, right? Was it 14,286, something like that, somewhere in that ballpark? And I was listening to a podcast the other day where it said that every single day, that's what you've been given for that day. It's like a bank account, right? And every single day, you're given the same amount of money in that account, we're, going, we're talking in terms of time. And at the end of that day, it goes back to zero. Why? Because you can't carry it over. So what does it do? It behooves you and I to use those seconds wisely. There's the word wise, right? What are you investing your time in today? Obviously, you've made a good choice. Can I say that? Can I pat you on the back right now and, and thank you? Why? Because you made... The worship of God and the community of faith, you've made it a priority. You have done a great job this morning of investing your time. Give yourselves a hand. Come on.
was weak. Come on, you could do better than that. Give yourselves a hand. You're here. You got up and you got here. Come on. So give, be generous with your time, your family, your church. There's a lot that we can do around here to be a blessing to other people. Give of your time. Amen? And then be generous with your talent. There's not a person in this room that, that, that's, that you can't, there's not something you can do here, right? At church. You may not be a singer. You may not be a great teacher or whatever, but you can do something for the body of Christ. God has gifted you to do something. And when you're generous with it, what happens? God blesses you. Here's, it's a It's a win-win. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you have a, a heart for children. You say, you know what, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to teach kids. I'm going to lead a kid's small group. And you make that investment in them week after week after week. What are you going to start seeing? If you start seeing that one kid exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, or that kid is able to share their faith with precision, you know what you've done? you've actually had a great return on your investment. It's a win-win. You get to use a gift God's given you, and the kid wins. And guess what? Not only does, It's actually a win-win-win. The church wins. Because we are next generation focused, we're going to make investments in the next generation, and we're going to watch as God's, God takes those investments and gives us a return. Amen? How many of you have kids in here? How many of you really would love to see your kid grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus? To be fully alive? We're committed that just as much to that as you are. Amen. Give of your talent. And the last one is give of, give of, your, give of your touch, folks. Give of your touch. There's, anybody can smile, right? It doesn't cost anything to smile, does it? As a matter of fact, I've heard it said you lose, use less muscles to smile than you do to frown. And then speak up. Tell your story. Tell what God's done in your life. Be generous with your testimony. Amen? How many of you have a testimony of God's grace and salvation? Be generous with it. Share with, with others what God has done for you. Why? Because he's not a respecter of persons. He, wants to ha he has a plan for them. He loves them. He died for them as well. Amen? And so when you share your story, when you speak up and you're generous with your story, you can lead people to Christ. Be able to sympathize with people. I was talking to Carissa the other day. We were talking Thursday, and she was telling me that she, was, she works over at Family Tradition, and she ran into this lady the other day, and the lady was, um, they were, I got to talking, and, and there was a connection there where her husband, actually, I know what it was, she was wearing a, a button with some scriptures on it, and so Carissa asked her about church, and she said, well, I don't really have a church right now, but my husband's dealing with leukemia, and you know, so it was like this connection that was made because those of you know Carissa, you know that her husband Eric has, has leukemia and he's been battling it for years. And so what happened is God created a divine appointment for Carissa there to be able to empathize and sympathize with that lady and pray for her. And God said, look, if you're willing and sympathize with people, you can touch people in a mighty way. What is it? You're generous because you're looking for ways to invest. And the thing about it is God will always give you opportunities. 
I like to say that generosity needs to be a lifestyle for us because we never know. We never know who we're going to run across and who needs to hear that God loves them, that he's in their corner. And who knows what kind of connection you can make with people. Amen. So be generous and, and sympathize with others with your touch. Serve. Serve the body. Sacrifice. I'm almost done. Here's the last one. Be generous with your treasure. Luke 6.38. George actually quoted it earlier. He says, give and you'll, be, you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That's pretty cut, cut and dry, right? Pretty straightforward. If you'll make it a, a habit, if you'll be generous, God will he'll bring it back to you. Anybody can testify to that? Those of you that tithe, you know what God does. Those of you that give offerings above your tithe, you know what God does. He's, he's a generous God. And so, again, he'll give you more. What does he want to do? He wants you to continue to give because the purposes of God are way more important than anything else that you can invest in. There's a world out there. They need to hear the gospel. There's a world out there that have needs. I want us to be known as the most generous church around. Anybody with me? Why not? God's been good, hasn't he? When I think of all the things he's done for me, I can't help but say thank you, God. We said earlier, it's your breath in our lungs. You provided for us. And now you positioned us for such a time as this to reach our culture. Not to hide from it. Not to bash it, but to reach our culture. To engage our culture. And one of the best ways to help your witness is generosity. When the community sees but they can come to us when there's a need. That'll be an open door. When they view us as not a foe, but a, a friend and a partner, there's an avenue. You understand? All of this goes back to the eternal. All of this goes back to the reason Christ came. He came to redeem mankind. He came to set the captives free. He came to bind the brokenhearted. He came to help the poor folks. But the reality is, you and I are that means by which He gets that accomplished. Everybody stand this morning. I promise you, if you'll walk in generosity, you won't regret it. And I challenge you to try it. If you try it and it don't work, you can come and, and give me a hard time. You can harass me personally. But I know what happens. 
when you're generous. I know the outcome. You're going to be like, Pastor, I never, I, knew, I never knew I could live like this. I never knew life was that exciting and that fun. I never knew what fully alive looked like until you said, Lord, why don't you invest in some things that are eternal and watch how God gives the return. With every head bow, every eye closed. Our generous God made a way for a relationship. We've already mentioned it one time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's how much he loved every person in this room. If you've never accepted him as Savior, Knowing Him as your Heavenly Father, as, as Lord, today's the day. Our generous God gave His Son so you, can, you and I could have eternal life. If you've never prayed this prayer, I want you to pray this with me before, um, right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize that you're generous, that you love me. You love me so much that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I'm thankful. I'm thankful this morning. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come in and change my heart. Renew my mind. Cleanse me by your blood. I want to live for you the rest of my days. I want to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I give it to you right now, my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning, the Bible says you're in Christ now. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away. Hallelujah. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our online broadcast here at Grow Church. We hope that you've heard something today that will strengthen and encourage you throughout the week. Make sure you tune in next week for our next broadcast. God bless.